0: Jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Simeon Cohen, and today we will be studying Masechet Beitzah, Daf Twenty Six. Our Daf opens with a Mishnah that actually begins at the end of twenty-five B, which deals with the difficult topic of what to do if a Bachor, a firstborn cattle, sheep, or goat which was supposed to be sanctified from birth and given to the priest as a sacrifice in the temple, falls into a pit, a boar, on Yom Tov. The key issue here is whether or not the bachor has a physical blemish. If it does have a blemish, then it's disqualified from being given as a sacrifice at the temple. But even if it is blemish, there's still an obligation to give it to a priest who may redeem it and eat it as non-sacred meat. So this is the major question of our Mishnah. If a bachor falls into a bore on Yom Tov, can one descend to examine it to determine whether or not it has a blemish and whether or not it's appropriate to be used on Yom Tov? Our Mishnah, which begins at the end of 25b, opens with the following words. Bachor shenafal abor, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Yered mumche veyireh. A firstborn animal which falls into a pit on Yom Tov, Rabbi Yehuda says, An expert, a mumche, goes down and examines the animal. If the animal has a blemish, one may raise it and slaughter it, as it's appropriate to be used. But if it does not have a blemish, one may not slaughter it. Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon says, any animal whose blemish is not perceptible while it is still day, in other words, on the day preceding the festival, is not considered among those animals appropriate to be prepared for use on the festival. This is a fairly difficult Mishnah, but the Tosvot are extremely helpful here. The Tosvot, who were a group of medieval Talmudic commentators, tell us that the essence of this Mishnah is really the issue of Muksa. They base this on Rabbi Shimon's comment that an animal whose blemish is not perceptible from the day preceding Chag, is not prepared or appropriate for use on the festival. Muksa, of course, is the category of halakha, which deals with whether or not items can be moved or touched or handled on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Although the issue of Muksa is discussed in the Gemara, which I'll get to, Rabbi Ovajimi Bartanora, who is a 15th century Italian Mishnaic commentator, is very helpful in terms of understanding how this Mishnah relates to the issue of Muksa. According to Bartanora, Rabbi Yehuda says that an expert can go down and inspect the animal for defects. If it has a permanent defect, and he determines that the defect was there from before the festival, and the animal would have been permitted for food prior to the festival, and therefore is not muksa, he may bring up the animal and slaughter it. But if the animal has a new defect that he didn't have prior to chag and only attained this defect on chag, theoretically through falling into the boar, um, then he may not be slaughtered as when chag started, he wasn't permissible to be used as food and thus is considered muksa. Basically, if the animal was blemished before Chag and was appropriate to be used as food from before Chag, it's okay to bring it up and slaughter it. But if he only was injured on Chag, and only became appropriate to be used as food on Chag itself, then it's not okay to slaughter it. Rabbi Shimon adds a stringency to this. If the defect was not identified on the day before the festival, then the animal is not considered prepared. In other words, you need to have known definitively beforehand that the animal had attained an injury prior to the onset of Chag if you were going to bring it up and slaughter it. Although it seems as though Rabbi Shimon's prohibition is related to the issue of Muksa, as in if you weren't able to definitively determine if the animal was injured before Chag, you may actually be handling a forbidden item on Chag. Uh, Rashi also says that it's connected to the prohibition against rendering judgment on a festival. There's a prohibition against rendering judgment on festivals, and uh, since examining the bachor may resemble rendering judgment, uh, Rashi says this is one of the reasons for Rabbi Shimon's stringency. So it seems that, broadly speaking, Rabbi Yehuda may be in favor of the position that one may examine for blemishes on festivals, and Rabbi Shimon seems to not be in favor of that position, that it's actually not permissible to do that. Um, But if that's the case, and it could have been simply stated in those words, why does the Mishnah provide this complicated scenario with the bachor? And this is the exact question that our Gemara opens with. The Gemara opens with the question of, with regard to what principle do Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon actually disagree? If they disagree about whether or not one may examine blemishes on a festival, such that Rabbi Yehuda holds that one may examine blemishes on a festival, and Rabbi Shimon holds that one may not examine blemishes on a festival, the Rabbi Yehuda Savar Roin Mumin Bayomtov, the Rabbi Shimon Savar in Roin Mumin tov. why don't they just disagree with the question of whether or not one may examine blemishes on a festival in general? Belief lagu beroin mumin de alma. Why do they have to discuss this specific case, this particular case of bachor that falls into a bore on Yom Tov? The Gemara goes on to answer its own question with the following words: Bachor shenafal Bor itzri chale salke ta'ata chamina meshum sar balechaim laarim v'lesalke kerabi yehu kerabi yeshua kamashmalan. The Gemara tells us that it was necessary to teach the disagreement with regard to the case of a firstborn falling into a cistern, uh, because it may arise in your mind that the essence of the issue is really the question of Tzar Ba'alei Chaim. And if the question is really about Tzar Ba'alei Chaim, you may think it's okay to employ a halachic artifice to save the animal for the sake of preventing it from suffering, uh, which is exactly what Rabbi Yoshua does in Masechet Shabbat on page 117 and also in Masechet Beitzah on page 37, which deals with a very similar case of an animal falling into a boar. Rabbi Rabbi Yoshua says that you can actually raise the animal with the intent of slaughtering it, and then once it's raised, change your mind and not slaughter it, uh, effectively saving it for the purpose of preventing the suffering of a living creature. Um, for the sake of Tsar Bale Chaim, the principle of Tzare Bale Chaim. So the Gemara says that the Mishnah here brings in the case of a Bachor to teach us that this case is not exactly analogous to the case that Rabbi Yeshua discusses, that Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Eliezer discuss in Masechet Shabbat and later on in Masechet Beitzah, so you shouldn't apply the same reasoning that's applied there, here. After some complicated rabbinic discussion in which it's determined that only an animal who had a blemish prior to the onset of Chag is permissible to slaughter on Chag, as everything else is muksa, the Gemara goes on to bring an elucidating breita. The breita is actually relatively similar to our Mishnah, with a few minor changes, but the most significant change is the addition of a final line, which is not present in our Mishnah at all. Veshavin, she'im noladhu umumo imo, she'ze and Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon agree that if the animal was born with its blemish, it is considered to be among those animals appropriate or acceptable to be used on chag. So this breita makes clear that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon agree that if the animal incurred its blemish or its injury prior to chag, it is acceptable to be examined on chag. There, there's clear agreement on that based on the final line of this breita. Now that it's been definitively determined that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon agree that if the animal had the blemish prior to Chag, it can be examined on Chag, the Gemara goes on to discuss, to discuss whether or not this can be done lechachila, from the outset, uh, ab initio, can the animal be brought up from the outset with the intention of examining it, or can it only be done b'de'avad, meaning uh, one transgresses and brings up the animal, and if one has already transgressed, then one can proceed with the examination. After some discussion, the ultimate conclusion is that one may not examine a blemish on an animal, Lech Echila, from the outset, but if one transgresses and does examine an animal on Chag, then it is considered examined, but only after the fact. And this is ultimately the halakha. This is the halakha that's recorded in the Shulchan Aruch, that one is forbidden from examining an animal for blemishes on Yom Tov, but... If one transgresses and examines an animal on Yom Tov Badeavad, it's okay. And if it's known that that animal was born with its blemish or had the blemish prior to Yom Tov, it can be slaughtered even after being examined on Yom Tov. I want to just say a couple of things about the concept of Tzar Ba'alei Chaim, which um, seems to be at play here, even though the Gemara itself tries to distance itself from this idea of Tsar Ba'alei Chaim. It explicitly says, right, this is not like the issue that Rabbi Yeshua was dealing with elsewhere, um, which was a similar circumstance that involved an animal falling into a pit and was governed by the principle of Tsar Ba'alei Chaim. The Gemara takes great efforts to tell us that this is different, Um, Yet, regardless of that, when this issue is discussed in later legal codes, including both the Mishnah Torah and the Shulchan Aruch, um, the principle of Tzar Ba'alei Chaim seems to be at play. The principle of Tzar Ba'alei Chaim, of course, is the principle which tells us that we should take efforts to prevent the suffering of living creatures. And, of course, uh, there's a prohibition against inflicting unnecessary pain on animals. Um, and it's based in a pasuk from Sefer shmot the fifth pasuk from the 23rd chapter of the book of Exodus, which tells us that if we see an animal suffering under a great weight, under a great burden, uh, we have an obligation to release the animal from that burden, to help alleviate its pain. And this was expanded upon by the rabbinic tradition to be understood to mean that we have an obligation to treat animals in a humane fashion. So despite the fact that the Gemara primarily emphasizes the muksa element of this discussion, when this issue is discussed by Maimonides in his great law code, the Mishnah Torah, he reintroduces the concept of tzarba lechaim. As Rambam writes in the Mishnah Torah, Hilchot Shvitat Yom Tov, Perak Sheni, Halacha Arba, the fourth halacha, Bachor Shanafal Abor, Oseh bim Bimkomo, If a bachor falls into a boar on Yom Tov, one should give it parnasah, nourishment, while it's in the boar, as one is not allowed to pull it out because it is not fit to be slaughtered on the Chag. And this line is quoted almost verbatim by Rabbi Moshe Yisraelis in the Shulchan Aruch. So it's recorded in both the Mishnah Torah and the Shulchan Aruch, the two primary codes of Jewish law. I think a great deal can be learned from Rambam here. Even though the Gemara tries to steer the conversation away from Sarbalay Chaim, and the ultimate halachic ruling is that one cannot raise an animal from a pit on Yom Tov, Maimonides brings the concept back into the conversation. Even if one is prohibited from breaking halacha to help another living creature, one should do everything in one's power to ensure that the animal does not incur any unnecessary suffering. I think this is a great teaching of Maimonides. He upholds the integrity of the rabbinic tradition while simultaneously ensuring that we take the moral high ground, one of the many reasons that Rambam is such a great thinker. His example is one we should all aspire to follow. Thank you for studying today's daf with me, and I hope you will join me again tomorrow for page 27. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.